everyone, welcome to Susquehanna Valley Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Matt Saxinger, and uh, we want to help you think about stuff you got to think about, talk about stuff you got to talk about. And we got our very own Sonny Robinson back. So, say hello, hi, <laughs> hello, good, everyone. Good to have you. Good to have you again. Have you some have some more time with your thoughts here. Um, so, we've been talking about this racial tension stuff, and how if we got a couple at the church, that's the African American church, the Anglo Saxon church, the Nepali Church, you name it, if the church got it right, we'd at least uncomplicate this matter. It'd still be difficult, but we'd at least figure some things out here. So um, you brought up the Great Commission, which mm-hmm. I love. That's our number one mission to love people. I went to Genesis 3. We got about halfway talking through Genesis 3 and thought we better pause it. Um, Genesis 3, we're looking at this issue of Adam in the garden. He sins, and his first now sinful initiative is to step away from responsibility when he does he steps away from relationship steps away from eve steps away he's the woman right steps away mm-hmm. from the woman steps away from god the father that you gave me mm-hmm. and and, the, and tries to avoid responsibility of his own um and and here's here's the thing you were talking about this last time where you've got what is essentially an equality in our end destination Right? We're going to be with the same God in the same place forever. And we've got equality that's shown to us on the cross. Right, mm-hmm. Jesus died for all men. And we've got equality in the Great Commission. But when we have blame, we don't have equality. We have superiority and inferiority. Mm-hmm. Somebody's right and somebody's wrong. Uh-huh. Some, somebody's done it the better way and somebody's done it the worse way. Mm-hmm. How do you think that plays into this whole situation? I think, not to negate what you just said, because what you said makes sense, but I think a passage of scripture that comes to mind is that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but about spiritual wickedness, uh, evil and principality, spiritual wickedness in high places. And that's my way of balancing what's going on today with with all of the uh, unrest that's going on, I think this is spiritual wickedness in high places. I, I think it, it goes beyond flesh and blood. Uh, you know, people that you love in your own family have a different opinion, a very strong opinion that could uh, separate families and divide us up and friends that you've had for years and years. You thought you were on the same page with them and all of a sudden, they don't want to be around you. They don't want to talk to you. They're calling you names. You know, you're feeling some kind of way about them. And I just think that this is spiritual wickedness, just, just like Paul said, it's just spiritual wickedness uh, uh, and evil. And it causes us, if we're not careful, if we don't, if we don't uh, heed the word of God, we'll blame each other and find bitterness toward one another and hatred in our hearts. And unforgiveness, which is just so, I'm going to introduce unforgiveness into this. And, you know, as believers, Jesus taught us that if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. So you have to have a heart of forgiveness no matter what's going on, no matter what happens to you, no matter how it plays out. He taught us that if you don't forgive, then, you know, we will not be forgiven. So we must always find a place in our heart to find forgiveness for our brothers, our sisters, and our fellow man, our neighbor, our neighbor, that one that we don't know personally, but yet is just like us, you know, and hasn't seen the, um, the love of Christ in their life yet. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a big part of this all. We, we, we tend to victimize or villainize. I mean, this is about one thing. This is about victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's about how we can help other people find that. And mm-hmm. if somebody's hurting, if somebody's, you know, upset, we got to listen, we got to love, we got to, we got to bridge that gap, not, not make it, not make it further by blame and by, look, this attitude, if there's anything in us that makes us think that God's more likely to love us and mm. bless us than to bless another people group, if God's more likely to do something big through me and my people group than somebody else's, man, I don't like it. I don't think it's biblical. I think it's superiority, inferiority. It's not about my victory. It's about Jesus's. Hey, Amen. He said he's no respecter of persons, which I love. You know, a, you know, we may say one thing. We may think one thing. We may even be thinking that. But he said uh, he's no respecter of persons. He, he loves us all the same. And, you know, we can all take um, gratitude in that, that he loves us all the same. And uh, his love for us is just so great, you know, that he would send his only begotten son to die for each one of us, you know, and it's just, it's just a wonderful thought that, you know, with him, there's no bias with him. There's no, uh, there's none of the things that we put on each other, you know, with him, it's just love. And I think he wants us to just show that love that he showed to us that, you know, like I said earlier, while we were yet sinning, Christ died for us, you know, while we were, while we were crucifying him with our sin. Um, while we were a part of the reason that he had to suffer, you know, he still showed love towards us. And even those that were around him and the Bible said they reviled against him, but he reviled not again. And uh, He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, it's just love. I mean, it's just continuous examples of love that he shows that I think he, he wrote it down and he, he preserved it all this time for us to go out and, and live likewise and to represent him in the same uh, fashion and show us that it could be done, that we, you can forgive, you can love your enemy. I, and you I, cannot man, take vengeance. You're go quoting ahead. so many scriptures that just like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hit home, they hit home. And I, we said three, three. <laughs> I love it because they're all, they're all good stuff. Uh, but just that idea of, he looked at us in our ignorance and still let us be recipients of his love. Yes. He didn't say, you've got to own up to this. You've got to figure this out. You're, you're responsible. And when you figure it out, then I'll love you. Mm. No, he just loved right. us right there in our ignorance. That's right. I just, man, I love it. So this is like, this is my plea from the Genesis three passage. Then we want to go, I want to see what your third passage is. Um, this is my plea. Don't step, don't pull an Adam in the garden. Mm-hmm. All right. No, we don't need no, that. Just Adam in the garden is atomic for any, any situation we find ourselves in. You're going to blame. You're just going to blow it up. Um, don't step away. Step towards people. Love them. Get to know them. Even Look, even if you don't agree with them, the goal is for them to agree that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. That's priority number one. All right. That, that's, that's me. That's my podium. Yeah, stop blaming people. Start loving people. Your turn. You're on. What's your third one? Uh, my third one comes out of, uh, it's, we basically touched on it, but it was out of Matthew 22 and uh, 36 to 40. Cool. Uh, you you going to read it? 
Uh, let's see. I got it if you need me to. You got it? Go ahead. Yeah. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? That's it. And he <laughs> said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. All right. What do you got for us? All right. When I, when I look at those, uh, when I look at that passage, um, I see God's, that God is instructing us to, first of all, before anything and everything um, that we claim that we love, including our wives, our moms, our dads, our children, um, everything that's in our life that he commands us to love God first and foremost. Um, and even to, you know, if we can't love them less, we can't be his disciples. So, so he wants a devotion to him. Uh, and I think when we grasp that, that idea that he wants to have this relationship with us, that's greater than any other relationship that we can have down here. Um, I think it makes those other relationships work out. I think when we're right with God, then we can be right with our wives. We can be mm. right with our supervisors. We can be right with our coworkers. We can be right with our brothers in the church. We can be right with our pastor. We can be right with, with our children, you know, when we're right with God and when we love God and, and we want his will to be done above all things, when we want God's will to be done in our lives and in the lives of those around us, I think then we can get some things done you know, for the Lord, we can, we can actually find that true love, that agape love that Jesus uh, shows to us, that, that love that doesn't require anything in return. When we get the first command, that first strong and great commandment of loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and might, um, then we can even love our enemies and pray for those who despitefully use us. Um, and then the second uh, command, the second greatest command is to love our neighbor, our fellow man. Um, uh, and that is, I believe, to, to show mercy, to show mercy to others, just as mercy has been shown to us. I think you touched on it when you said that um, God didn't say, get yourself straightened out and then come see me. Mm. No, he took us right where we are. Today is the day of salvation, he said to us. Come as you are. And so I think if we love people in that way, we, we would not uh, violate them. Uh, we would not violate the other commands to, to lie on them, to covet their wives and covet their homes and covet uh, the things that people have. Uh, when we're showing love, we we, we will not do those things if we're showing our neighbors love, if we would just love our fellow man. We, we wouldn't look on them as having uh, harmed us and harbor that bitterness in us. Uh, we, would, we would even forgive them before they even ask and, and just let it go, let the charge go. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying that Christ did it and uh, Stephen did it. And there are many others in the Bible who demonstrated that it can be done through, through Christ, through Christ. We, we have a statement as a church, it's one of our values. We expect God to do great things because he always has. 
And, and I love that statement because it puts our faith into action. Mm-hmm. And what we've got to realize is that those great things happen when we actually love people. Mm-hmm. Jesus isn't asked the question, what's the greatest command? And he doesn't respond with the greatest command is to assess whether or not other people have loved you and then love them. He doesn't right. say that. That's, that's what I'm looking for, but it's not in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be great if it was, but it's not. It's not. Right. When we spend so much time assessing whether or not somebody else has loved us or deserves our love, but that's not there. And Jesus takes it from this theological Tell me the greatest, the greatest, you know, commandment of the law. Like, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love people. Love your neighbor just like you love yourself. And, man, we, we just got to look at these situations, do some self-assessment, not some other's assessment, because then we're back to Genesis 3. We're back in the garden with Adam. Right. We want to be back in the garden with Adam. We want to be here with Jesus in Matthew 22 and Matthew 28. And stop doing the... the other assessment and do a self-assessment to say is what i just did loving because right. if it's not loving to a person then first john you're not loving god so that's that's how this all plays out so man i i love it i i'll tell you what i think if we looked at it and we we analyzed the things that we said about this issue and we just asked the question if the if the other half of this argument we talked we kind of compared this to a husband and wife if if the other half of this arrangement was in the room and they heard me say what I said in the way that I said it, would they assume that I love them? Would they feel that I love them? I feel like that I feel like that would uncomplicate this, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes. I think another part of it too is um a lot of times with I don't want to go too far off, but I just feel like um we need to let people know that we love them in a way that's tangible to them, that, that they know, hey, I love you, and I want you to know that I love you. So it's not just me saying I'm going to give you this or do this for you. You tell me what it takes for you to feel that I love you. You know, you tell me what it is. And I think that goes a long way with husbands and wives as well when uh, a wife might say, I don't know, I'm not sure that you love me the way that I need to be loved. And you, you might love me the way you want to love me, mm-hmm. but that's, that's not it. the way I want to be loved. Man, Sonny, that's huge for this. That's huge oh, yeah. for this discussion. And I, oh, yeah. I hope that sits with, with our listeners and they sit down and think, have I expected them, the, the, the other side of this, have I expected them to receive my love in the way that I would want them to be loved? Or... Does it genuinely look like how do they actually feel off? All right. And, and we, I mean, you, you with your, I'm sure in your pastoral you know, ministry, you've talking about love language at some point where people have a different way of feeling loved. And, mm-hmm. and so it's like in this, we, we've got the, you know, the, the political stuff in the mix here. We've got the racial stuff in the mix here. I think a lot of it is we just, we just haven't stopped to see, answer the question that you're saying is, are you feeling loved by what I'm communicating? Because essentially we got a, a wife saying, I don't feel loved. And the husband's going, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, three months ago, I, I bought you a, a ticket to go to the movies with your friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the wife's yeah. going, that's not love. That's, right. My love language is not gifts. My love language is quality time. I get out of the garage and come in here and, and talk with me. We're just, we're, 
Yeah, I, I think we're getting communication signals crossed. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I think too when you have two churches that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you know the Holy Spirit guiding us and to find to be at odds. We should not be at odds and you know in any way, shape or form. We should be united, you know, and there should be unity within the body of Christ across the board. And unfortunately it's not like that. And, um, you know, it's, it, it, of course we, we left out, you know, we left, we didn't say too much about Satan actually being in the mix. Sometimes we let, we allow Satan to, to get in the mix and, and stir us up in ways that of the flesh and, uh, not pull back and, and say, no, I'm, I'm of the spirit of God. Let the spirit of God lead us. And the spirit of God will bring peace between us. And, you know, and I think anytime we get away and we start going back to cultures and things like that, I think that that's going to lead us away from being united uh, in kingdom purposes, you know, and that is to tell people the good news about Jesus Christ and his love for people and how that God loved us so, he loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son. A simple message of if you would just believe in him, you should have everlasting life. Simple. I love the simplicity of it because at the end of the day, we can make it as complicated as we want. First Corinthians, Paul comes along and says, hey, guess what? God didn't make this profoundly wise. He made it foolish to, mm-hmm. to, to bring glory to him. And that's what this is about. And I'll be, I agree with you, man. Satan loves a good unresolved argument. This one's been unresolved for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, when the blood of Christ has been there to resolve it. And I think we've yeah. got to think that way. We got to say, you know what, you might be different than me. You might have a different outlook, a different perspective. But whatever we disagree on, the greater issue is this gap between us. Mm -hmm. It's not so much a mental gap. It's not so much a logical one. You just got to get better at loving people. And I think where we we look at what God's called us to do with the mission you talked about, blame gets in the way, and the greatest commandment calls us right back to it and just says, man, just love, love God, love people. And God, and listen, Christ said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Amen. If you love me, you'll, I mean, that's it. People say they love God all the time and he simply cuts it. He cuts the, he cuts it right to the chase. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And that's the way that it seems to me, that's the way that he judges true love is whether you keep his commandments or not. And his commandment is that we love one another. Yeah, as we love ourselves. You're, so. you're pulling in John 13. You're pulling in John 15. You got First John 5. This is love for God to obey His commands. And here, like, I, I want us to wrap up on this note. First John 5, 3. This is love for God to obey His commands. And there's a second half of that verse, which I never memorized. I memorized the first one. They got <laughs> yeah. too long. You know, it got too complicated. <laughs> <Yeah. All right. laughs> the last part is, and His commands are not burdensome. God, amen. When we get right. this right, Yes. This is the way to live. This is full life. Full life is not, I'm going to live out some of what Jesus teaches. Mm. I'm going to mm-hmm. live this out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really love God and love people. When I look at my own life, I look at my own marriage. When I love her the way God calls me to, my life gets better. That's right. It's more enjoyable. That's right. I think the same thing is going to be true as we look at crossing cultures. When I love them just the way that God calls me to, I think it's mm-hmm. going to get better. I think we're going to enjoy it. So, yeah. 
I Tony, you got a plan. You, <laughs> I appreciate. Hey, thank you to your wife Kim for uh, for giving you up all this time. Um, and man, any, any last words for us before we let you go? I think that we have to, and this is one thing that I struggle with that I had to pray about a lot is the Lord teaching me to love people. As I was going into the ministry, I knew that I was deficient in that area. Um, and I believe over the years, God has taught me. I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet. I'm not complete yet. But God has taught me to trust him to love people in Christ. And um, I, you know, I don't want to sit and misrepresent myself. Um, you know, I still struggle with some things that go on, but God is always working on my heart when I lay down, when I wake up, when I'm driving along, you know, he's, he's bringing things back to my remembrance and challenging me on this and causing me to sometimes go back and correct some things and, you know, go back at it again and get it right, you know, and, and that's how I know that God is working, you know, that he's working on me, you know, when I, when I get those challenges that, that are in the heart, they, they don't come through the ear canal, but they come to the heart and you know that it's nobody but the Holy Spirit going, you need to go back and fix that. You need to go back and change your, you know, change that situation, fix that thing. And, you know, I thank God for that because that's when I know that I'm a child of God as well. It confirms that I'm a child of God. You know, I'm not just wishing and hoping that I'm going to make it in, you know, but that the Holy Spirit is working on me, you know, and, and that's how I live my life. <laughs> man, I love day it. To day. <laughs> I love it. I don't know anybody that ever said, man, I really learned, I, I, I really need to learn how to blame people. You know, mm -hmm. I just, that just comes natural. We yeah. figure that one out pretty yeah. good. Yeah. But I, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge our listeners to do what you just talked about. Man, let, let's spend a week. Every, every day when we're driving somewhere, we're going somewhere, let's spend a week praying, God, teach me how to love somebody. Wow. You just teach me how to love. Let your spirit guide me, instruct me, show me how to have more compassion. I've been praying that lately. God, can help me to be more compassionate. Uh, but let's do that. Let's, let's, if you're listening in, that's my challenge for you. Uh, we got Pastor Sonny talking about God teaching him how to love people. Let's learn how to love, and I bet I bet we'll stop seeing a bunch of the damage from blame in our lives. So, um, absolutely, I, Sonny, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your heart and your ministry. And uh, you know, if you're listening in, uh, remember we want to help you talk about stuff you got to talk about. And I hope this is stuff you think about because you got to think about it. Thanks Amen. again. For us. All right, God bless you, brother. <laughs>